0: You do the math and don't laugh at me. Hey Michael, hey Michael. Michael. I was burping again. We're on a podcast. I know, I know. <laughs> I know where I am. I'm not that drunk. <laughs>
1: Well, hello, if you listened to the last episode, you know already I don't have an intro I know we we haven't just... in the the ten minute break we took in between we we did nothing about coming up
0: not a thing all opposite. I know is that I am your host or I'm one of your hosts, Michael Feenan.
1: I'm a co-host Aaron Hill. welcome.
0: I don't like to think of it that way, and that that's why I even other, cried other myself is other it's hosts?
1: a host and co-host I feel like yeah other we are both co-hosts we're both co or We're we're both hosts i don't know you
0: have just as much say in this show as i do i
1: think i think that i've drank too much already this evening oh no <laughs> <laughs> oh. well in
0: case you're wondering you're listening to episode number 26 of the drunken ux podcast this is season finale part deuce yes
1: Dose? for context we're recording both these Dolce? episodes in the same evening. So I make no apologies for what (laughs) happens. We've already (laughs) we we do all the drinking in the first half, and then we do more drinking in the second half when we talk about technical stuff. (laughs) And we do a lot of
0: apologizing in the second
1: (laughs) half. All the talk that involves precision—that's when we're at our uh, we're at the Balmer's peak at that point. (laughs)
0: hopefully if you're enjoying everything you're hearing right now you will follow us on twitter or facebook we are at slash drunken ux or check us out on slack you can come to drunkenuxcom slash slack Uh, the last place of course is instagram at slash drunken ux podcast Um, to answer the question because you asked it a while back you said hey michael are we going to get that domain or that uh, account name (gasps) the answer is no Um, at least I have not I I messaged the person who has drunken ux and they have not answered me so (sighs) Um, I am not the least bit shocked by that fact, but if you want us on Instagram, just know we are slash drunken UX podcast and we'll post some stuff there. And according to Aaron, he's going to start posting some of his little electronics projects. Yeah, I I actually have a couple. That'll be neat.
1: I'll, I'll post. Well, I guess they will have already been posted. So go look in our recent posts on our Instagram and you'll see them there. Nice. By the way, whatever you happen to celebrate, whether it's Christmas, Hanukkah, Solstice, Yule, whatever you like. Uh, Chris Mahan, Hansa Quantica. Have <laughs> happy holidays as a general statement for all of those. We hope you guys are enjoying it, and thank I'm you for super, listening. I'm
0: what? I'm super disappointed now, though, because I'm sitting here thinking, like, every year I've done the uh, Cards Against Humanity. Like,
1: oh, is they did they do this year?
0: Did I miss it? Seven Days of Christmas or whatever? I don't know. I haven't thought about it.
1: Oh, I'm gonna look really quick. So,
0: if you don't know Cards Against Humanity. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, (laughs) We mentioned them, though, in the e-com episode, if I remember right. Because Cards Against Humanity, to this day, still has one of the absolute best checkout processes I've ever seen on a website. Oh, yeah, it's great. And and kudos to them for a a site that is built around farce and tongue-in-cheek and jokes and all things offensive. Their e-com person needs a raise because that experience is possibly the best.
1: Mm-hmm. But yeah, before
0: great. I get too far off track, because you mentioned Cards Against Humanity, or I mentioned it, I don't remember. Um, I feel like we have a couple problems. One is I haven't talked about what I'm drinking yet, because if you haven't guessed by our rambling, continuing from last episode, I'm still having fun with my g 18, because you deserve nothing
1: less. We, Aaron we, disagrees we, entirely. We, we, we had cut away briefly because Michael forgot what he's talking about, and I was right. like, hey. I, I don't even know if we plugged social yet. Shh. I'm completely lost in our your, show notes.
0: Your, your only job right now is to tell them that you're boring and you can't <laughs> drink scotch anymore.
1: <laughs> I, I have switched off of scotch. Although I guess for this episode, this is, I'm just starting. I, I made a white Russian. Um, I used Kahlua and I didn't have any vodka. So I used Bailey's. And then I had, instead of half and half, I used light cream. I think we used the white cream earlier this week. My my daughter wanted to make a pumpkin spice latte from scratch. So Is is that a beige Russian, then? Eh, maybe like a white Russian with a tan, <laughs> I
0: guess. This, this is the advantage of doing shows back-to-back. You really get brand value out of our show at this point, right? <laughs> yeah,
1: it's happy holidays.
0: <laughs> and and here we are, we haven't even talked about it. we we kind of have had a, a warmer topic and I'm tempted to skip it, but I do want to talk about it because it's, <laughs> it's hilarious. Great. It's great. So you wanna go right now, pause the show after I say this, because if you pause it before, what good is that? Uh you wanna to go to www or maybe not, maybe you don't need the dub anymore. I don't know. Com. like the shoes slash US slash Young, which is Y-U-N-G. Trust uh, me on this. I don't care if you're listening on a phone, a tablet, Mac PC, whatever.
1: Wait, did you say the slash US first? Yes. Okay.
0: <laughs> and here I thought I was the drunk one. <laughs> I think, uh... Uh, you want to go here, because, okay, Adidas has a a certain brand voice, to say the least. And... I think it is fair to say that there is a certain, um, vintage quality to that. Yeah. Right? I think that's a, I think that's a fair statement, don't
1: you? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, Adidas has not changed a lot. Right. And they haven't felt compelled to change a lot.
1: Well, they don't need to, do they?
0: No, I don't think they do. I think they, they know who they are.
1: Oh. And, and here (sighs) we go. (laughs) You know what? I was I was super impressed with this because they were using what appeared to be frames. It's it's not frames. It's iframes. Well, the the frames appear it, and then this page flash and the frames go away. And I I I'm not clear there's like a got a bug link and I'm tempted to report it. But, is
0: it a frame though is it an actual iframe like in the source code
1: well there's iframes in the source code but like i i swear hold on i'm gonna slap a screen i don't screen cap i think
0: i'm gonna call bullshit
1: i'm doing no, a no a for real. Search
0: on their code right now and i do not see an iframe in their source code
1: you don't do you see the frame still does it show the gold button with the frame on the side oh you know what i wonder i wonder if adblock is blocking it that... I, don't, I don't
0: think it's a frame. I think that's just a div with, like, overflow Y. No. So it acts like a div, like an iframe.
1: No, this I, I literally see iframes in this. Hold on. I'm going to screen cap that, too. Okay. Okay, hold up.
0: Folks, you tell us. Uh, so the whole point in this, go to adidas.com slash US slash Jung. Jung is a style of shoe, I guess. I don't wear Adidas, so I apologize to anybody who may call me out on this being wrong. But they have this Jung series. Um, I don't know the, what the brand story is, if this is meant to be like a throwback shoe to the 90s. Um, it's, you know, if it's,
1: <laughs> the website is great.
0: I, I really don't know. But, yeah, the website is like stuff of fucking magic. Yeah. Uh, you know, we talked in episode, what was it, nine, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did uh, Love at First Sight. We talked all about these very first websites we built. Back in the late 90s, early 2000s. And what Adidas has done with the Yung Series website is they have built a site in the spirit of basically GeoCities <laughs> just blood. It's it's gradients and GIFs and blue underlines and 3D uh, uh, animated... Word art and all of the things, repeated backgrounds, everything that just screams, "Hey, I'm a MySpace page." Even on,
1: this is pre MySpace, dude. This is
0: oh no, it's yeah, it yeah. is way pre MySpace. You know,
1: so even the photos, like the product photos, are even like on brand for this this ad push. Um, like they're the 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 brand the photos of the shoes themselves are. I They're they're meant to look like they took an actual photo and had it developed and then scanned and, it.
0: And scanned it. Yeah, you can yeah. see, like, if you can imagine, like, there are there reflections in the image that would yes. be reflections of the scanner bed. <laughs> uh, and, you know, what's even better about that is if you look at the, the picture gallery, they have thumbnails and the thumbnails are scaled unevenly. Yes, They're only scaled in one direction.
1: It has the thing like, check out our video, and it's a screen still from, like, what looks like maybe a VHS recording. <laughs>
0: my favorite part, my absolute favorite part of this website, though, is the wallpaper section. because Oh, I a, think I missed that. Oh, my God. They, <laughs> it is 100% like Windows 95-era wallpapers. Oh they have desktop and mobile wallpapers. But the best part about it is their desktop wallpapers have individual resolution selections going all the way down to 640,
1: 640 by 480. <laughs> I was going to say is... the only thing they're breaking out of character for is that they go all the way up to 1920 by 1080, but I was like I think that's an okay thing to do. Like that's like kind of a tongue in cheek joke. Yeah, but the going down to 640 is just on point. It's great.
0: What makes this and and the reason it's not just the the design that makes this worthwhile it's go to the website go to it go look at it because they have put this landing page into their default site wrapper so at at the very top is the normal adidas header at the very bottom is the normal adidas footer um it is responsive to a degree uh i did notice that in their attempt to stay true to this sort of late 90s early 2000s layout um there were a couple breaking issues, but it does work down to a really low resolution and it is pretty fucking responsive. Yeah. They have managed to combine like the old I slash tiles layout of the nineties and make <laughs> it kind of responsive and make it work for a modern browser. And man, it is, I don't know what I can tell you to learn from it, but, not it th- is just, definitely
1: worth a look just appreciate it i, I mean it's, just appreciate it yes I, I guess if you're if you're younger and by younger i mean under 30 um this is like and i'm not even joking this is what the internet looked like in like 97 96 Aaron. 97 Aaron what? Aaron what, what what Aaron there's a game
0: what i didn't even see it there's a game And it's like a Flash
1: game, and it goes full screen, but it's not Flash. Where is it? Oh, wait, I see it. The game under cool stuff. I found it. It doesn't load for me, but maybe it's because I have ads. No, I have ads. I have ad block disabled for it. It doesn't load for me. Hit, Hit the arrows on your keyboard to match the beats. Turn your sound on.
0: What? Oh... I can't hear it, though, because I've got my audio turned off for the podcast
1: recording. I think I might be having load issues with the site. Oops, I just screen-capped. Yeah, this
0: Um, appears to be, like, something... It it loads... It doesn't load a separate page. It definitely is something loading, like, in a full-screen div kind of thing.
1: Chrome's blocking it because some of the content's not loading over HTTPS. Okay, well, you need to disable
0: that shit. Firefox. Because... It's under cool stuff.
1: and Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that they call it cool stuff also. It is
0: it is under cool stuff. It loads what looks like a Flash game. Uh, if you don't know what a Flash game is, then go visit Newgrounds at some point. Uh. Don't visit Newgrounds.
1: Okay, man. Turn, turn your sound on. Oh, you know what? When I view it in Firefox, the, the frames don't go away. It's only in Chrome.
0: Oh interesting. And you know what's yeah. interesting is I'm I'm sitting here looking
1: at it and I can't I'm, get the game. You know to what? Play. I'm I'm a little sad that with all of the stuff that they do with this, that they Okay, so the frame is definitely made to look like how frames work. Like so the thing on the left this is like Young ninety six, Continental eighty, young one, that cool stuff. That's like what frames looked like back in the nineties. But they didn't use an actual frame set and that's, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm a little disappointed because the frames still, they still totally work. Like you can still use frames if you want. Um, I don't
0: know. I mean, it's, it's, they're, they're trying to do the old thing in the new way. And I think that's worth.
1: Oh no, it's great. I, I'm not, I don't mean to be critical. I, I just, I was really hoping to find a frame set in the source code because that would have been awesome. Holy crap! I'm, I'm, they do have a game. You're not even the the game is, is like it, it's like
0: a Guitar Hero <laughs> kind of game. It took me a second to figure it out, but oh
1: my god, it's amazing!
0: And it's it's all what is this canvas? I don't know. I didn't look at this ahead of time, folks. So I, I apologize that I'm getting fascinated by it, but it is it's all canvas <laughs> and JavaScript. So awesome. kudos to the Adidas people. If you want to know this, if if you're looking for some nostalgia. If you don't know what nostalgia means, dot uh, Adidas.com slash US slash young. We'll have a link in the show notes as well. From You can go to our site and will you'll get it there.
1: I, I grabbed a few screen caps uh of the im just in case it's not available in a couple weeks, of the the photos from the product shots, including one that has like the photo glare. It's just it's just too much. I I I really I hats off to them, or shoes off, I guess. For going to that level of detail.
0: So we we are the Drunken UX podcast. We want to spend this wait, final episode, and this wait, is the genuine final episode, part two of Michael, two of our season finale. Wait, wait, like,
1: we plug we plugged social, right?
0: Yes, we plugged social. Okay, Jesus Christ, let it go. Social is not the end of the world. We don't care about people. <laughs>
1: wait, where are we in the show outline? <laughs> uh number Very one. Happy holidays, everyone.
0: Uh, We are 71 episodes into the Drunken UX podcast. Uh, That's 25 episodes of the Drunken UX podcast. That is 41 episodes of Real-Time Overview and six episodes of Build Process. Um, We have done that over the course of a year. When I started this in January of 2018, I definitely did not think about doing 71 episodes of anything. Oh my gosh, no. And yet here we are, and I'm thrilled. I am ecstatic that we have done it and we have stuck to it, and uh, my hat's off. This is my one moment to, you know, give kudos to my, my co-conspirator on the other microphone for helping Woo! out. And to you for listening, and for all of the listeners who have come in, because that growth is what has made the show possible. So thank you to all of you. Um, yeah. But we wanted to take this episode. We Last episode, we talked about the the warm fuzzies. And, and we made the joke that we don't know what the opposite of the word logistics is. Because <laughs> it's not the details. It's like the spirit. What was the spirit of the show? This is about the logistics. And we wanted to talk yes. to you about how we do it. And this... Goes out – I'm going to be sharing this episode with some other folks um, in the podcasting realm, as it were. And so if you're interested in just information on podcasting, this is going to be a good episode too, not just web stuff. So hmm. listen, we're going to tell you good stuff. <laughs> 71 episodes. That means we have put out, by my measure, 2.3 gigabytes of audio. You – um, I mean of- you're – your right. friend that you knew but had no involvement with when you were younger uh, downloaded MP3s off of LimeWire, right?
1: I think that my friend downloaded them off of the internet like any red-blooded American would Yeah, over websites. They, they used
0: something called Juarez sites.
1: Is that, no, is that used fair? No, we used
0: GeoCities. It wasn't
1: illegal then. Remember well. bef- before the RAA? No, no, no. It wasn't. There was not a law against it. It was ostensibly legal gray area.
0: You are arguing awfully hard for your friend, and I don't think you need to protect your friend that much. <laughs> Those, Those old media files, though. I mean, what are we talking? A like, meg, a mega minute, megs. usually. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, we've actually stuck really close to that. Um, at at two point three gigs of audio, um, we were averaging just over a mega minute for most of this season. Wow. Um and I only say this just in case anybody is curious about how much, you know, space it takes because you have to pay for space regardless of if it's a web host or uh Amazon or whatever. Uh we have done 2.3 gigs and it averaged around 128 kilobits per second is roughly a meg per minute, give or take. Yeah. We do, you know, uh real-time overview averages about 11 minutes. Drunken UX podcast is in the area of an hour and 30. And build process is around thirty. So, Mm -hmm. if you are trying to figure out like how much you need to pay for space wise, Mm -hmm. if you consider an uh, an, a a mega minute, that will get you there for the most part. Yeah. Over this time, we now are on five major platforms. Uh, That's Google, Apple, Spotify. Yeah, Spotify, uh, TuneIn, Stitcher. And basically every other app at this point. I don't I, – I think we are officially, as of about a month ago, we now yeah. have coverage on every major platform.
1: Are those syndicated through the big ones or do we have to like uh, opt in?
0: Yeah, so that's actually a, a really good point. Like if you're thinking about starting up a podcast and you run, you're asking the question of how do I get on all these sites mm-hmm. – um, some of them you do have to, like, submit yourself to. And yeah. I've had to do that on, on several of these.
1: But wasn't, wasn't Apple a pain in the butt to get approved on? It it wasn't a pain
0: in the butt. It just took a while. Yeah. that Yeah, it, you had to submit and wait. And Google is the same way. You had to submit and wait uh, a while. A lot of services, though, and a lot of the apps, like if you're using, say, Pocket Casts or one of them, mm-hmm. um, And again, I reserve the right to be wrong on this, but my understanding is a lot of those services all scrape iTunes. So if you can get into one of those big ecosystems, you're pretty much guaranteed to get elsewhere. Oh, that's cool. Uh, But as of now, the the last two were Stitcher and iTunes, and if you've listened to past episodes, either Drunken UX or uh, Real-Time Overview, we've mentioned that we're now on those. Um, Those were new areas. They have kind of their own area so to speak their own walled gardens so we did have to get in there uh, on our own but i think as of now if you want to listen to us you can pretty much find us absolutely anywhere uh, and i am gonna wear that as a badge of honor i think that's awesome uh if you're wondering we're on the internet does that what what does that mean like how much are you pushing because a lot of folks and, and i've seen some folks talk about this where they have hosted on uh, some of, like a, a shared host, for instance. You know, your five dollar right. a month basic hosting, and they've gotten uh, shut off because
1: of it. And even with even with unlimited bandwidth, which even we, with unlimited we, bandwidth, because was it, was it episode twenty four that we talked about that or um, twenty three? No, I think month. it was twenty three. Yeah, okay. that
0: there's a lot of hidden language in a lot of hosting agreements that what you can host on those websites is highly relevant to the unlimited Mm -hmm. uh, part of it. And a lot of times media files don't apply to that uh, because they are large. They take a lot of time to transfer. uh, And so hosts don't want to chew up their own connections with that. So for us, we have now just crossed the benchmark of right around 50 gigs a month. And you know, to think about that, our entire catalog is 2.3 gigs. Right. So we're basically transferring twice that every single month. More than- yeah, well, it's it's more than twice. Uh, and I'm
1: really 20, proud of that. Twenty.
0: We're gonna be a little cagey about numbers just because uh, I don't know if they're good or bad, and I'm <laughs> proud of them. But there are reasons to not say explicit numbers. Uh, but yeah, general, you can probably. Reverse engineer some of this math, uh, and that's all right. We're in the um, we're in the like five figures on streams, right? Right. So fifty gigs a month is basically saying you are transferring well into five digits of streams per yeah. month. One of the things I did actually, because when we set this up, and we'll talk about hosting in a second, but um, we host our media files on Amazon, mm-hmm. and because Amazon offers a free tier, if you didn't know that, go look at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get like a free micro EC2 instance, you get, uh, a certain amount of storage on S3 and, and transferring cloud CloudFront. And so I figured, you know what, we were small enough when I set it up that we would go with that. Uh, and we officially, as of October, October. Yeah. It was the end of October. Um, we crossed the threshold where we no longer qualified for the free tier, which was 50 gigs. Woo! So yes, claps to us. We did it. My solution to that, I had a, I had a fix. I decreased the bit rate on our MP3 files.
1: <laughs>
0: um, so I, I apologize if you think this sounds worse, you're wrong. Uh, but we've <laughs> decreased our bit rates from 128 kilobits a second to 96 kilobits per second.
1: You know what though? Like it's voice audio, so it is. the, and that's
0: the, exactly the thing.
1: Yeah, the frequency range that we're actually using is much smaller, and yes, you don't need the fidelity that you might have.
0: With and there are a lot of debates in the podcast community about what is worth, you know, encoding at. Folks will point at shows like Lore, if you've listened to that at all. Um, Lore encodes, I think, at 256 kilobits per second. It seems but unnecessary. It's not for them. Oh, do they do, like, sound and stuff? Right. Lore has a really beautiful sound bed that they play that is different for every show. It's not, like, a just a generic bed and it's really high quality and the music plays a very high role in the show we don't do that we yeah we're just voice voice occupies a very narrow part of part of the spectrum and so we can get away with that and i did 128 because when we were early on i didn't really know what to go with what would be best um and i have learned that it's worth saving what almost a quarter of our bandwidth
1: yeah, um, to cut us down to 96 since we're just voice. You know, that that remind this is completely unrelated to podcasting, but there was uh, when I when I was working at Cornell in one of the food places, they had these like biodegradable plastic forks and the handle on the forks was missing like kind of a teardrop shape from the handle, and I thought that was funny and I was trying to figure out why they would do that, like if it was structural integrity or whatever. But I realized it's probably because they're saving about I don't know, 10, maybe 20% of plastic or whatever the yeah. material is on the fork production. And so like when you're producing millions of those forks, that adds up quickly. Yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> and it, it's that that similar idea, uh, airlines went through that. Mm-hmm. Somebody was commenting on, they noticed, and this is props to whoever noticed this. Uh, they noticed uh, on an overnight flight, the number of olives that were included in the salad they got on the overnight flight went from like three to two (laughs) and it wasn't, it wasn't a glitch. Yeah. Like it, it actually, they apparently made this flight regularly for business or whatever. And they noticed they always got three olives and then they were always getting two olives. Yeah. And cutting out one, olive like the normal person isn't even thinking about that. Right. But for the company, it saved them like a million dollars. Probably. Yeah. How many fights he, And, yeah, so this is very similar, that it's just a matter of I hope you, the listener, does not notice any change at all in the fidelity of the show. If you do, please let me know. I will be happy to look at why that is. But I think we are delivering a show of the same quality for less bandwidth, and I've managed to get us at least momentarily briefly under that free tier limit.
1: Were we on 96 kilobits on episode 24? Yes. Oh, I, I didn't notice any difference then. I did fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The last, the,
0: so I think I started that in episode 22 for what it's worth.
1: Oh, wow. and Yeah. And the last
0: several build process episodes and whatnot as well. Um, nice. And so 50 gigs, just to give you an idea, we, we said we've done like five, we, we are in the five figure range in terms of streams for the year, um, which is nuts. We We average four figures every single month. You do the math, even if I said that was a thousand uh, <laughs> that still i'm I'm so happy yeah, with. it's amazing um, <laughs> what what's really nuts about that though is you know this is where like laws of averages and stuff kind of come into play that almost half of our traffic has all been in the last ninety days in terms of when you start factoring in our growth and and like our not so much the peak days
1: wait, so half. Half of the traffic has been in the last three months roughly qu- quarter of the of the period right. roughly, that's, and that's just about power law distribution,
0: and a lot of that comes on not so much our peak days like our release days are actually relatively predictable, yeah. but the floor like the in between days I'm noticing is what is coming up, yeah, uh, and that's, that's something good. that may not be interesting to a lot of people, but if you are producing content and you're wondering about you know what you should value. I, in particular, like I've seen days where, well, it just happened actually recently when we hit Spotify, Mm -hmm. uh, I noticed a really weird spike in traffic. And some of that was genuine Spotify. Like they offered, and we'll talk about tracking here in just a little bit, but they offer their own numbers. And I thought, Oh, well that's just Spotify users. But then I looked at my, the rest of my analytics. and I'm like, I don't, I don't see anybody from Spotify. Yeah. And what it was is when we hit a new tracker, they scraped everything and they do what are basically like header requests for the content okay. to, to get it all. One of my metrics picks those up as hits. Uh, okay. And so I had this really super weird spike that was like 60 listens on a day where we <laughs> should have had way less than that. And so it's it's weird to kind of – figure that out but I've, I've gotten smarter about this over time but even mm. all of that considered our floor like our our normal like our nominal day-to-day listens have come way up and that's what contributes to that 90-day increase yeah. really heavily that's uh awesome. just just since july basically if you if you figure like how this is distributed we've doubled our traffic since july
1: wow that's a lot of inter- internet I
0: said it in episode 25, and I'm going to say it again. Thank you, Smashing Magazine. <laughs>
1: because <laughs> well, a huge and, and part also, of that came from that. Well, and, and thank you to all the guests that we've had as well, because I know that their audiences, some of some of you may be leaked over from those audiences.
0: Joel, I know you're listening, because yeah. you are just that kind of friend. Uh, <laughs> uh, Joel Goodman's episode, I think, is episode 20, um, about starting like your own... Business in web development it is our number one listen to show across oh, the yeah. board, and it was what two months ago three months ago now right. uh yeah, no you're you are one hundred per cent right that uh we need to owe a lot of gratitude to those guests and yeah uh we'll talk about some more in in what our goals for twenty nineteen are, but suffice it to say guests are on that list uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh let's see a uh, hosting wise and again. Some of this is going to be a little bit of rehash, but we run a very normal website. It's WordPress on a host. Nothing particularly astonishing there. We could run our website on anything for what it's worth
1: an Amazon uh,
0: Lambda service. I don't know about Lambda, but uh, <laughs> they, no, no, no. Uh, what is their new one? Uh, Light Sale,
1: right? Oh, right. <laughs>
0: yeah. No, Light Sale would work. Uh, if if you're not nest or an Amazon AWS person, um, Lightsail is their answer to this sort of uh, purpose hosting. Let's call hmm. it. They probably have a different name, but that's what I'll call it. We host a very traditional WordPress website on a DigitalOcean droplet. Uh, DigitalOcean is sort of the equivalent of Amazon EC2, but cheaper, right? I think we went with for our episodes because my thing was. And early on, I noticed this, that, you know, I, I want to keep backups of stuff. I want to keep stuff uh, secured. I keep all of our audio is backed up locally. Like, I have literally two places I can get our audio from.
1: Yeah, I, I see it on the file server every wave I've ever uploaded is in there. Yeah. <laughs> and
0: for our website, though, it was on DigitalOcean, and I was noticing very quickly that uploading, you know, 50 meg episodes every other week was adding up very quickly, and it was mm-hmm. making our website backups really bloated uh, from a media standpoint, especially right. for something that I already had a backup scheme for elsewhere. So, what I did was I moved us over to object storage. If you listen to episode 23, we talked about block and object uh, storage, and in particular, how we hosted our website there, and that was part of the reason was it, it allowed me to take all of these big files that just need to exist and be served and they can live there and I don't have to worry about them. And, but they right. don't conflict with the, the site is small without all the media files there. Our website itself is small. It just has to be there, have an RSS feed, have the, the post and link to those files. And we're good to go. That doesn't right. take much. um, And it allows us a lot of portability then. We've talked about S3. We've talked about object storage and block storage. And what we're looking at is right now we are on the S3 free tier um, and CloudFront free tier. But folks like DigitalOcean have their own block storage scheme that's really cheap. Uh, And by going this route, we can pick up our entire library, move it, repoint DNS, and nobody misses anything. I don't have to worry about old links or RSS feeds or anything. We'll be able to keep the same name for everything and move stuff around. I like that. I I am a, a fan of portability and redundancy, frankly.
1: Yeah. I guess it's nice to have um not have to have the the backups being bloated by media files. Yeah, because yeah. They're all, they are all technically external links.
0: Right. Um, so if, what that means is if you go to our website, it's com. Our, our uh, episodes are on literally episodes.drunkenux.com.
1: <laughs> do, do we, since we're surfing through an EC2 instance, does Amazon intelligently route, like, is it function kind of like a CDN where it routes based on where the request it, is coming from?
0: It's not like a CDN. It is a CDN because I put CloudFront on top oh. of that. Nice. So, I our our cache hit rate is around 75%, but serving data out of CloudFront is cheaper than S3. So, when we went over, for instance, a couple of months ago when we went over that free tier limit, yeah. I I think my total bill was like 82 cents? Something like that. That's um awesome. yeah, it was super cheap because CloudFront bandwidth is extremely affordable. Um and that allows you to kind of buffer a little bit of that. And I've, I have I know I've talked to folks who have had, like, unexpected spikes in traffic, and right. that has always been their concern with self-hosting things. Um, and there's also the, – there's a huge technical component to this that we're not talking about, but, you know, knowing how to set up your DNS and SSL and all that and linking that to your website, what we'll get to here in a second is what if you can't do that. But if you can – and I feel as a web development podcast, we are responsible to do that. We can host <laughs> all this ourselves, and I should be paying attention to that. And if there's going to be a problem, I can see it coming. Right. That's my hope with the portability aspect is in, at scale, DigitalOcean is really cheap on their block storage. And so my hope is if we get to that point where we need to worry about that, I'm just going to pick everything up and move it. I break no RSS feeds. I break nothing. Right. So to that point, there are like if you're doing a podcast cuz there are a ton of people doing podcasts who are not at all tech savvy. And there are a couple services that really stand out when you get into conversations about this, and one is Libsyn and the other is Podbean. Um there's a third, it's Anchor uh FM that is also perfectly good, but it's definitely lower than the other two. Um they are like purpose built podcast hosting.
1: What do you mean by purpose built? Like it's built around specifically doing podcasting. Yes. Yeah. Like it is
0: designed to service that industry. It is made to host your media files, give you analytics. Um, I don't know about it because I haven't used them. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I apologize to either company in advance if I get this wrong, but, um, I don't think Libsyn does, but I do think Podbean gives you like a very basic website okay. uh, with that. It's super limited. It's not, you know, you're not going to customize it a bunch, but it gives you a place to store your audio files and have them listed and have like a link to a, a show, you know, a, okay. a player and show notes uh, and whatnot. Um, but you don't have a lot of power. You certainly can't control the layout or anything like that. For a right. lot of people, that's all they need. You know, they're just trying to put a show out there and and have a place to serve it and have an, a feed. For us, I didn't like that because we can do all of that. You know, we we yeah. understand those idiosyncrasies and the hosting and the feeding and all of that stuff. That's where if you're looking at this and looking at getting getting into podcasting or whatever you want to do – that's sort of the difference between what we do and why you might consider a service like, like any of them. Right. Right. And they're very affordable. They're, I think Libsyn starts at like five bucks a month.
1: Nice. Yeah. It's, they it's do, real cheap. They, do they do the, you may have said this already. Do they do the hosting too? Or they,
0: I don't know if Libsyn does. I think Podbean okay. does. Anchor.fm okay. does. Um, okay. Anchor.fm is actually an interesting outlier Um their business model has changed several times over the past couple of years mm-hmm. and they're very interesting. But like, as, if somebody's thinking about the business aspect of podcasting, they're a little bit cautious because okay. that, that frequency and change kind of lets you think that, you know, what about in six more months, what will they yeah. be doing? But anchor.fm is trying to do a, a service like, and, and Aaron and I have talked about this, that, you know, maybe we should do a, a a Patreon, right? You know, let let people give us a dollar a month or something, just to help us offset hosting costs or whatever. Um, that's kind of what Anchor.fm is after, is they want to be that kind of service for podcasts. Very specifically, they're releasing a service that allows people to subscribe and listen and do all that, but also to donate and to build like. Try to build a revenue scheme around it. Again, I, don't, I haven't used it. I don't know. You know, I don't. I don't know a lot of the details around it, but it's interesting. Yeah. It's something that I, that is uh, making my ears go up a little bit. <laughs> cool. We've. I've had a lot of discussions with folks about it, and that's kind of the stuff that tends to come up, which is they're neat. They seem like they have a lot of weird background and you may be better off going with somebody else which isn't it's, i don't i'm not trying to hit on anchor or anything
1: but is this is using a third party service like this similar to doing your content publishing through medium as opposed to hosting it yourself yeah and a I, bit. and i say that like for the good and the bad like i i love the interface that medium has however one of the biggest criticisms that i hear from other writers is that medium basically just you give them free content and they keep all the revenue from it, and unless you opt to their premium program.
0: There, there was a real big question mark early on about Anchor because they had one of those, one of those like TOS comments that everybody like signals on, which is that they apparently took ownership—not ownership, but they had rights to your uh, mm-hmm. content. Now yeah. they have since changed that that and that was quite some time back so don't don't take that against them now. Um okay. but there was some of that concern early on and obviously um all of these companies you know they they have to make money to stay solvent. My idea is you know I anchor in particular must be making money off of you know transaction fees and something like that but um I just don't know. I don't, I don't know enough to actually Say and I don't. I'm not saying like I said. I don't want to say they're bad or not. I think they are probably the third behind Libsyn and Podbean. So yeah, uh, definitely consider it if it's something you want to get into and you don't understand how to set this stuff up yourself, right? So outside of that, let's talk for just a second about technology. And then can yeah. we do that? Is that okay? And when we say technology, I think we're we're talking
1: like the stuff
0: right in front of us this stuff hello
1: <laughs> you mean like the hardware and software or do you mean like just like technology in general yes hard let's let's talk hardware maybe software
0: we have built up over the months we got to Aaron he Aaron
1: is recording on a Blue Yeti if you're interested i have a USB Blue Yeti silver mic and the shock ring that is suited for. Well, uh, as a generic pop filter, the handy part
0: about that is it goes right into the computer. Uh, it knows what to do with it. It's powered off USB. It gives you pretty good sound, given yeah. you know what it is, and it's pretty affordable. Um, you can get them under a hundred bucks.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's
0: flexible. Like those Blue Yetis. Uh, if you're into audio work at all, uh, they of course can be cardioid, which means they're sensitive in the front. They can be figure eight, which means they are sensitive from the front and back. Um, it does and, Omni mode too, and it does Omni, which is kind of mm-hmm. like a lot of microphones you might be familiar with, in that they will just pick up whatever is around them. Uh, it and is. It, that's, it that's. It is useful. really.
1: It's the the gain on it. I have the gain almost almost to the bottom. If I turn it up much beyond that, um, it will pick up sound from the other room, even with the door closed. It is very very sensitive. Uh, so if you have one. Make sure you test it out first. It, I, I
0: think <laughs> at its price point, it is very good. I think to it's, do a yeah. lot better, you have to go up in price quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, I use, I've got a different setup. I actually have a, a Rode NT1. Um, It's, that is the microphone I use. And then I use a UMC 204 HD interface, which is the thing that plugs into my computer. Uh, right. So my microphone runs into my interface and then the interface runs into my computer this is somewhat more high quality. Like if you do any voice acting or other audio production, um, that's kind of where this starts to lean into. It's certainly more expensive, uh, but it, it's still like, if you listen to Aaron and I, we still sound very much like for just yeah. normal
1: voice talking. It's still very close. You, you got, you got those because you were looking into doing um uh like audio book, or yeah,
0: I'm. I am actually building a studio in my basement to do yeah. additional audio work. So I wanted something a little bit with a little bit more high end, and you get into a lot of, of stuff like in terms of uh, noise floor and preamp hiss and noise and things like that. So, I, and we won't go that in depth on this, but. Just if you're wondering what it takes, like a couple blue yetis can get you into this game very easily. Absolutely. And and yes. some decent headphones. You don't even have to have good headphones. Um any headphones, a blue yeti and you know, a good ear can pretty much help a lot of what's involved, I mm-hmm. think. Definitely. We use or I have uh Aaron use on his end, he records into Audacity, which is free mm-hmm. open source software, it's multi track. It's not it's actually, awesome.
1: It's serviceable. It's also available on every platform. I, I run yeah. Ubuntu natively on my desktop and it's like you know, available in the software center.
0: It it's so. one of those things that it has a lot of limitations, mm-hmm. but you will only recognize those limitations if you start like going real hard into things.
1: Yeah, yes.
0: I would agree with that. We edit in a piece of software called podium. Uh, I will be transitioning that over to Cakewalk now that it has been released for free. Uh, these are multi-track oh, wow. editing platforms that give you all kinds of controls and all of this. The, the, the difference and the reason why I don't edit in Audacity, I like Audacity and I used to use it for a long time. But the problem is it is destructive editing. So when you are adding stuff or changing stuff or filtering stuff or cutting stuff, you are doing it to what you see. Mm-hmm. Tools like Podium or CakeWalk, or if you want to pay for something like Reaper or any of these, Sound Forge, the, the difference is that they are non-destructive. It's like Photoshop. So what oh, you do okay. is is more like a filter, and you can always recover what is oh, uncool Cool. And that's incredibly useful for audio editing, especially if you ever worry about maybe having to go back and re-edit
1: something. It's I, I wonder. Um given how you can do layering in audio, if you do layering like in Photoshop, like if they would visualize it in that way. I thought that was very handy with Uh with it's work.
0: hard because you're looking at a waveform, which is just a 3D right. representation of sound. So Right. Uh you can look at, you know, 3D representations of waveforms, but I can't read those. <laughs> <laughs> uh but the the thing here, the takeaway is These tools are free. Podium is free. Audacity Mm -hmm. is free. I find Podium to be very serviceable, very good. Uh, If you are in the jargon, it supports VST plugins and uh, things of that nature, so you can do most of your work. Uh, A good piece of software, and you can get it's. It is like if you've ever compared like GIMP shop to photo or not GIMP shop GIMP to Photoshop. Yeah, uh, GIMP can do most of what
1: Photoshop does. Most. I, I do use GIMP. and um, But it's not I, a fun I, experience. But, I mean, I learned, I learned how to do photo editing in Photoshop, and there are definitely areas where... I, I love GIMP, and I will continue to use it, but there are areas where Photoshop is just better.
0: Yeah. The, the gap yeah. between GIMP and Photoshop is pretty big. Yeah. Uh, there is actually a, if you're interested, there's a, a download of GIMP called GIMP Shop. Tries to make it emulate Photoshop for what it's worth.
1: Yeah, I have um, that. <laughs> the
0: gap between something like Podium and Audition is much smaller, mm. in my opinion. So that's just yeah. Okay. A tool, okay. I'll, and and I'll link these tools in in the show notes if you want to go looking for it. Transcriptions, they're hard. <laughs> we we brought this up in episode twenty five, part one of this episode. That you know we we are. Very uh, apologetic, and we know we are behind in terms of where we wanted to be with transcripts. Um, we've learned there's a huge lesson here that we have learned. And that's that machine transcriptions simply aren't good. Yeah, they're they are really bad, especially for long form
1: audio. We've tried what are we've tried Amazon. I've right? tried them all. Yeah, we've done everyone. I, what I what ended up happening, and this is the first. The episodes we do have transcriptions for, what would happen is we would try a different service, and it would make a text transcription. That would be basically good enough. But then Michael and I would then, we would split the episode in half, and we would each go through and listen to the transcript and fix the errors. Yeah. And honestly, it wasn't that much different than just doing it manually completely. Except so I think in some ways it was even harder because you had to like go back and be like, wait, why is it saying these words? Yeah. <laughs> and...
0: I was really excited about, uh, we've talked about like S3 and CloudFront and another Mm -hmm. service that Amazon AWS has released is their Transcribe service. Yeah. And at first I thought, oh, this will be great because it's, it's Amazon. And I've done a couple episodes through them now and it's, it's just not good. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm just really disappointed. And for a show that is only two guys talking. (laughs) I can even go as far, like, I've, I've worked with some tools that let you do, like, speaker one on the left track, speaker two on the right track. Even then, it's still, it just it doesn't do a good enough job, and I was really disappointed by that. Yeah. And the alternative is then to do human transcription, and the challenge there is that human transcription is really expensive. It's time-consuming. It's,
1: it's, you know, seventy to 70 cents to a dollar per minute. And and the thing to remember there is it's if you have an hour long podcast, you're not paying for sixty minutes of service because if you want accuracy at least, you know, they still have to pause it periodically. So you're looking at least two to three times the length of your podcast. I'm yeah. guessing.
0: Some some of them will charge you uh show minutes rather than yeah. human minutes. But either way, be you still work yeah. out like to transcribe this show and pay somebody to do it uh most right. services are going to cost me, you know, 60 to 80 dollars per episode. Uh, right. As we've said many times, we don't make money doing this show. <laughs> I am cash flow negative, you know, paying for equipment and hosting and all of these things. And that's not a complaint, that's just a reality of trying to run something like this that there is that bit. Um and I want to I wanted to make a point and it's not going to be a popular point, but it's one that I think does need to be said, which is this is why accessibility is hard. Yeah. Right? Because I can say from the very start, and we we did it early on, that we were going to include that as a part of our process. But because of the time and or financial commitment that it took, my options became we either produced a show or we produced no show. Right. And I didn't like that option. I, I like the idea that producing some content was at least
1: better than producing none. Uh, this this isn't much so with Drunken UX, we we don't have a script. We have we basically an outline our show notes, which is sort of just covers like this is the general points we want to make. But with RTO um I I think you told me that you actually just write out the script beforehand and yeah. that effectively is the transcript, right?
0: Yeah so if, if you listen to RTO you'll notice and it, or rather if you go to the website uh Real-time Overview always has a transcript for it.
1: Yeah. It's a lot easier because it's just you. There's no dialogue. Right. You can basically write out everything. It's short enough that pre-writing the script isn't a big deal. It's basically like a radio, radio piece, really. Yeah, It it is. And
0: yeah. I'm sure folks have noticed, RTO is a scripted show. And it's no different yeah. than if you watch Nerdist News or any of them that, you know, they're reading a teleprompter. I have a script that I read. Um, uh, But yeah. the the result is... Turning that into a transcript on the website super easy, because mm-hmm. I've literally yeah. written what I'm saying,
1: and I I know that that's easier to make that to close that gap. But I I like the format that our that Drunken UX has, where it's a lot more spontaneous and yeah, we, we, we uh, gives us the freedom to riff on things a lot more.
0: Yeah, we we can't script this. Um, yeah, I don't, I wouldn't want to. I agree. I think that it's it's yeah. better off the cuff, and you know, I, I I as I say this, I think about all the companies I've heard say this and it makes me understand it a little bit better. That I say, "We are committed to ensuring accessibility to our content." Yeah. My commitment to that is however limited to my reach, right? Which is exel- itself a funny accessibility problem, so to speak. Suffice it to say My hope is to get to the point one day where I can ensure and promise you that every episode will be transcribed and put out there, but at at this point, that's just not the case, and I'm not willing to not make the show on that. Right. I hope that actually draws some criticism, because I think it should, but it is the reality of of content production, and I think that it is – at a bigger scale, a really important lesson on accessibility and usability and why people make things inaccessible.
1: I think, I think that, I mean, with that mea culpa that we understand this is a a shortcoming we have, I mean, whether or not we're understaffed on this, because it is just two of us. um, I, I, if anyone has any advice, if you do a podcast or if you work with doing transcripts or, Accessibility issues. Like, if you have advice on how to do this more efficiently, please tell us. I would, I would love to. Like, absolutely. We we want, we want to do better by our audience with this. It's just, it's very challenging and to both release regular content and not have it held up by the transcripts, especially in a growing podcast where releasing regular content is important. But at the same time, like, we do want to have those transcripts for a number of reasons, not just accessibility. And this isn't
0: an excuse. I want to say that first off. Mm-hmm. But if you look at a lot of other web podcasts, it's we are not standing alone in the cold on this. Um, if yeah. you listen to... Uh, and I apologize to any of you guys if I'm calling you out uh, incorrectly, but my understanding is Syntax doesn't have any... Uh, Transcript WordPress Weekly doesn't have them. I don't think Web Developer T has them. Mm-hmm. You know, the the big groups in this sphere don't have transcripts either because they're all trying to do i think what we are which is produce content at a an acceptable rhythm Mm -hmm. with no budget and
1: no help so to speak (laughs) if so if you happen to be good at producing transcripts or typing quickly or just looking to fill a niche like I think there is demand here for this. And um yeah.
0: I think I, I owe a huge shout out to uh Deborah Edwards Onoro. Um mm-hmm. she's at uh at Lirio up in Detroit. We've had several conversations about this. She has suggested stuff to me in the past, um mm-hmm. and she has asked me many times about our transcriptions uh and, and what our status is. Uh there she's a huge accessibility uh, advocate and that's part mm-hmm. of what they do at Lirio. Um, and she has really kept me on point about Mm -hmm. staying true to that and making sure that I, every time she brings it up, I feel bad because I have to say (laughs) I don't have it and I know I should. And, and I wish I had a better answer, but I think we need that push. And I think as an industry, we need that push because at some point we need to be better at saying, well, if I can't do that piece, I shouldn't do any of it. I, I'm just not sure that, that now is that time.
1: For for people that can't, people that are hard of hearing or um just un, unable to listen for whatever reason, I, I mean, not being able to do a transcript is the same as not being able to record the audio. Yeah. They're, functionally, they are the same thing. And so, I mean, it. it would be similar to us saying like, well, if we can't record the audio, we can't do the podcast. Like, it's just... <laughs> Almost tautological.
0: <laughs> so the final piece of all of this and what will almost bring us home in today's episode is tracking. And yeah, that's an interesting piece. I, I love analytics. I'm an analytics nerd. I've been trying to, you know, track our show and understand, you know, how many listeners we have and stuff. And everybody asks, well, how many subscribers do you have?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. <laughs> because there really isn't a way to know, right? Uh, it's a,
1: it's a passively consumed thing.
0: Right. It, it is. And uh, it's, on one hand, I say it's a lot like RSS.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: On the other hand, it's RSS, <laughs> which is to say that, uh, you know, RSS, if, if folks remember Feed Burner, um, yeah. you know, it, yeah. it was all about proxying the requests to your content to try to give you an understanding of how many people were asking for it. Right. That's the challenge we have here because at the end of the day, even if a service like Spotify tells you how many people have favorited your show, your show is being supplied to all of these services literally by RSS. Right. Google, Apple, Spotify, Podchaser, i uh, iHeartRadio, uh Stitcher. They're all using your RSS feed to scrape your audio. So at the end of the day, it's incredibly hard to track your usage because of that. Mm-hmm. The solution a lot of us have gone to, there's there's a, the International Association of Broadcasters, IAB. They have released a 2.0 version of their specification on how to track podcasts. And it's mm-hmm. considered the standard if you want to get advertisers and sponsors and things like that. My solution to that has been a combination of an internal stats tracker along with a proxy service called PodTrack, which is PodTrack is basically feed burner for podcasts. Okay. So you give it your RSS feed. It proxies your URLs. And so when you give your RSS feed to other places, you include their URL instead of yours. Okay. So when a service like Google says, hey, this user wants to listen to your show, it's requesting it through this pod track URL, which tries to give you then the stats on it. That's been the best solution so far for me. Huh. They filter out you know, robots and crawlers and scanners and all of this, and, and they try to account for things like people who hit play and then pause and then play again and all of that, <laughs> because in, in some services, that counts as an additional hit. Right so it's it's actually really hard to track. It's not nearly as simple as how many people have read my article. Um, you don't have the the luxury of like Google Analytics deduping uh, visitors and things like that. So suffice it to say our numbers are I'm confident in our numbers at this point. It has taken a lot of math it's taken a lot of comparison between raw access logs and internal statistics and pod track and Google and all of these things. But mm-hmm. it's, it's tough. And I don't have any good advice on that except to look into that. And that goes back to uh, services, Libsyn, Podbean, and those guys. Mm-hmm. Part of the value you get from them is they handle that for you.
1: Oh, nice.
0: Yeah. So if you're thinking about running a podcast, that's something to consider because if you're not, good in that area or you're not comfortable in that area the five bucks a month for libsyn is probably worth it just to know that your stats are good
1: right right
0: the the exception here is spotify spotify (laughs) is a weird example and i didn't know this until we got in there but i've been looking at our numbers in spotify and i'm actually really happy with you know the amount of traffic we've got for as short a a period as we've been in there but i discovered in comparing all this stuff that Spotify does something other hosts don't. They cache your episodes. Oh. So going way back to like when we talked about you know we're hitting 50 gigs a month in transfer, that's because when you listen to our episode through iTunes, I, Apple doesn't store our media. Right. They're telling us to store our media. They're just storing a link. Right. And when you listen in iTunes, it is requesting it from us.
1: Spotify doesn't do that. Spotify caches it, though. Interesting. So we actually have to look at them. We have to look at their stats and add them to our stats. And you know what's really
0: sad about that? Is Spotify's stats are really good. (laughs) Because they have, like, they're attaching all of their user account data to it. So you can get, you know, age demographics, gender, location, and a ton of other things that you can't get through other apps. Because, again it's basically just the same as like RSS level tracking, but Spotify has
1: like feed burner plus. Yeah. They, they have proprietary
0: yeah. information that they can attach to it.
1: So it's, it,
0: it, it all comes back to this idea that my ability to track our show is dependent on my ability to mash all these numbers together. Basically. Yeah. It's something to think about if you're getting into this because, and even elsewise, elsewise, good word. Like, you know we we rely heavily on things like google analytics and we trust it as gathering everything but you know there are some cases where the interactions aren't necessarily equivalent and you right. need to know how to take that math and combine them okay oh god it's been a year hasn't it yes several weeks ago in slack um Aaron and I have a separate like little private production channel where we talk about all this. We mentioned earlier that I think in the last episode that, you know, I did a lot to do pre-production and I planned the show out Mm. I had all these ideas. I'm sticking true to that. And and several weeks ago we sat down and we talked about goals we have for 2019. And I want to share those with, with you all. Yeah. Some of them anyway. One uh, is to track better. Uh, I want to be able to tell you more about our show in a better way. And we're, in the last month, I think we've actually done a lot of that, but I think we have some way to go. And so next year, I want to track that better. I want to ensure that we've got coverage in all the applications that you use to listen. Um, right. Hopefully if you're listening to us, that's already true. <laughs> <laughs> um Getting into the stitcher and uh, tunein tune in, that was a big step because those are large yeah. platforms. A lot of people use them. And so I think, that actually, you know, we're not even into 2019 yet. And those first two goals, I think we've done a really good job at. Yeah. We've got a couple more uh, in terms of making our website better. I think that's right. that's something we really want to do. In particular, I want to make our homepage better just in general. Um, yeah. Instead of it just kind of being a feed, which is sort of what it
1: is now. I, what what kind of content should we put on on the homepage? Uh, we have we have the Twitter embed already, right? Uh, no. Well, that I guess that would be an easy we, one. We we
0: have a header, we have the featured show, we have the current shows or recent shows, we have a blog feed and a footer. Yeah, it's just it's not much, and you know we've done some blog posts about things like show follow ups and stuff, but I would like to do more of that. I think we we owe you guys more because I think... some shows don't age as well as others.
1: If this is, if this was 10 years ago, I would think that doing a social media mashup on our website would be obvious thing. And it's not hard to do that. So we might as well.
0: (laughs) (laughs) One big thing that I think we want to chase, not want to, we do want to chase is, and as I'm about to say this, I'm like, man, I don't want to insult anybody that's been on. (laughs) We love our guests. You're all fantastic. Uh, but one thing we want to do is we want to try to bring in like at least two relatively high profile guests on the show. Yeah. And
1: I don't know who that is at this point, but I I wouldn't call that a moonshot goal, but it's a stretch goal for sure. Yeah, I'd, like it, it's like it, if we if we don't make it, it's like not like the year was a failure, but like that's definitely something we want to do. And
0: I think there's a message embedded there which is you know, if you've ever gone to a conference or something or, or looked online, you know, you you know a lot of these people, whether that's folks like Jeffrey Zeldman or Eric Myers or Jen Simmons. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these are names everybody recognizes and knows. But while they are celebrities in our industry, it's not Brad Pitt. Right. And sometimes <laughs> you have to stop and realize that sometimes all you have to do is just ask. Yeah, my hope is I think this year we're gonna bring in. I don't know who they're gonna be. I don't know like how high profile they're gonna be. But I would like right. to bring in a couple of folks for our listeners that are definitely names you will recognize. I think. Um, I think that yeah. is a a fair goal. And again, I I want to emphasize it's not to discredit anybody we've had on to this point because they're oh absolutely all not absolutely fantastic I, yeah. But. That's also a little bit of a distinguishing fact between the main show and, and Build Process, too. Because Build Process is really about getting somebody in every month that is just doing
1: fucking cool work that you don't know. Right. Like, the, the idea of, like, the high-profile quotes, um, guests on the show would would not be... Like, because the Build Process shows are sort of about, like, like the kind of the... Yeah. The you and me kind of thing, the dealing... Right. Like, how did you get over imposter syndrome, et cetera. Yeah. Build Process
0: um, has a very definite theme. It's to grassroots. It. That was very yeah, yeah, that was very intentional when it was written. Yeah. Uh another thing that is in the works as of right now, yeah. um, it probably will not be released by the time this episode goes live, but um mm-hmm. be on the lookout for it is we will be launching a merchandise store. It won't be this crazy. Cool. Yeah, it won't be super fancy. Yeah. It's not gonna be anything nutty, it's not gonna be anything that is like just our logo on a shirt. We do have some ideas for some very neat things,
1: I think. Yeah, I I've Michael and I've been discussing this and sending ideas back and forth and there are some really cool. We actually we had a big discussion about do we write the Drunken UX podcast or do we just put the URL or do we just do like like a very small brand reference? But the 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 emphasis was definitely on this is about having a like a shirt that has something or a media of some kind that has something interesting on it yeah. rather than being just promotion for like, it doesn't say Abercrombie and Fitch. You know what I mean? Right. It's actually something interesting. Yeah.
0: Well, that That is our hope. And I'm, I'm already looking for some designers to help take what is in my brain and put it, mm-hmm. you know, on this stuff. And so, um, that's my hope. Uh, and that is part of kind of building some revenue stream for the show to help us do bigger and better mm-hmm. things beyond that. Whether that's, you know, giveaways, uh, you know, travel to events, things like that. Mm-hmm. So that that is part of the hope of that is we want to create something that you want and not just be a billboard for us. Like we've I that and you know, it goes back to when we were talking to Joel and yeah, and yeah. the get shirt he had. <laughs> you know, get commit, get paid or whatever it was. Yeah so great it's it's that kind of thinking so we we've got some stuff there and i I think that'll be cool so and obviously once it's out there you will know because we will talk about it
1: you you know what would be really fun but i i don't know if this is a realistic 2019 goal is to do an episode of of drunken ux live at a conference i I don't know which one would be appropriate but um we'll find that would be so cool yeah that would be super fun
0: uh, maybe 2020 let's make that a 2020 yeah. goal
1: that seems like a like yeah if we if we can power through next year and continue to grow as we have this year i think that that is definitely something we should do
0: and along with like the homepage and stuff you know we we want to clean up the website layout um we're going to be reviewing stuff like seo on the site and, and our own accessibility for that matter uh there's a lot certainly there that we want to look at that you probably won't ever notice as a user and the f- the funnest part about this is, as far as stats go, our podcast gets twice as much traffic as our website gets, um, yeah. which is very interesting to me because it's a huge departure from what I'm used to as a web developer, <laughs> but it also makes a lot of sense because it's, you know, it's a very different
1: uh, consuming I'm, method. I'm glad it's that way than the reverse. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, it, it yeah. definitely, uh, it says a lot about the audio content, but um, yeah. We do want to look at that and and it is something that we are paying attention to. And then the last big one that we were just talking about, um, we want to get our transcription gap closed. Mm-hmm. We want that loop solved and we want to be able to say that you know we are one of the big web development podcasts out there that is ensuring that you have a transcription to review. And it goes with the last one too. Uh,
1: the, the ultimate goal I think for that would be to have the transcription go out like with the podcast yeah uh, i think we're gonna have to go through some maybe some steps to get to that point
0: yeah th- there may be some iteration on it but you know the big thing like going back to making sure our site's accessible making sure we've got good mm-hmm. seo those things are all served by making sure that we are working towards closing that transcription gap because yeah that's definitely. content that's stuff that counts towards any of that so those are our goals um outside of that There are a couple other things, and we want to make sure you know this, and then we are going to take off. First off, there will be some changes to our production schedule. For Drunken UX, you can expect the same show. Uh, We will be coming to you next year with all the same production, uh, the same plans and ideas and approach. Our big changes are going to be that we want to introduce just a little bit more structure to the show Mm -hmm. and and research and data and things that are, are, are useful. And then we're going to also be bringing in some new formats. And one of them that we're targeting early on is book reviews.
1: Yeah. That might I'm actually st- excited about that. Yeah,
0: it might sound boring, like, as we it, But there are a lot of really amazing resources out there. And one thing that I think I, I like about it is web trends come and go very quickly. But some of the mm-hmm. best, like, foundational topics are written down and if they can withstand the test of a book, they will be useful to you at a professional level across your career. Yeah. And so we've, we've targeted some tomes that we will be looking at and and we're going to do, I think we're going to try to do maybe two of them next year to start with just to Mm -hmm. do it and get used to it. But then hopefully more after that. Yeah, the big change is that real time overview is going to go un- uh, or undergo a complete makeover. First off, it's going to happen less frequently. Right now, real time overview comes to you every Wednesday, and we're going to change that and make it be on the alternating Mondays from the Drunken UX right. podcast. Right. This is in part to save some of my sanity. <laughs> um, to slow with. with-
1: With the exception of the week that I filled in, RTO is like 100% Michael. So
0: It's every week I am working on that, and I'm collecting articles, (laughs) and I'm writing it, and I'm doing all the things. And it's just – it is a huge amount of work. Yeah. So we're going to slow that down every other Monday. And instead of it being a roundup of different things, it's going to talk about one topic and feature Mm -hmm. several articles on one topic. Yeah. And so we think that will become more useful. We, and part of the reason we have made this decision is back to our analytics. Mm-hmm. People apparently love listening to Real Time Overview, but they aren't coming to the site to follow the links. And I don't feel like the show is useful if you don't go look up right. the articles that we are mentioning because I don't talk right. enough about those articles for them to be useful.
1: Right, so going into more depth about the individual things.
0: So, yeah, being able to spend 10 minutes talking about one thing, if you don't come to the site to click the links, I think that's enough time to at least give you little nuggets of information. So that's my hope with Mm -hmm. Real Time Overview. Right. That cuts us down to five episodes a month, basically. And Build Process will be the same. Uh, I like Build Process. Um, The listeners have loved Build Process. The guests have enjoyed it. Um, I see no reason to change it, and I don't plan on it. Yeah. And it will still air on the middle Wednesday of the month.
1: Right. Okay.
0: (laughs) Man, it's been a year. I'm tired of talking. Let's let's go take one quick break, come back, and then ring out the new year. How's that sound? Sounds great. See you in just a second. The Drunken UX Podcast is brought to you by our friends at NewCloud. NewCloud is an industry-leading interactive map provider who has been building location-based solutions for organizations for a decade. Are you trying to find a simple solution to provide your users with an interactive map of your school, city, or business? Well, NewCloud's interactive map platform gives you the power to make and edit a custom interactive map in just minutes. They have a team of professional cartographers who specialize in map illustrations of many different styles and are ready to design an artistic rendering to fit your exact needs. One map serves all of your users' devices with responsive maps that are designed to scale and blend in seamlessly with your existing website. To request a demonstration or to view their portfolio, visit them online at newcloud.com slash drunkenUX. That's nucloudcom slash drunkenUX. Folks, 20, or 2018, 2018, going out the window, last show of the year, <laughs> part two of the season finale. And then we're we're taking a break because this is early, early in December, and we don't want to record again for the rest of the month. But um, right. thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Um, if it's your first time, make sure you hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast app, whatever that happens to be. You can catch us on YouTube and all that, too. We try to put our things all of the places, but uh, whatever,
1: whatever like source you find easiest, to absolutely. Uh, but
0: the uh, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for listening because it's been yeah. a year and we have really, uh, I think, done a lot in this time.
1: Whether it's this is your first episode or if whether it's your twenty sixth, uh, then thank you for being with us. And also, and I, I want to add because. When this airs, it will be just about the holidays. I, I hope you have a wonderful time with your families or whomever you choose to spend the holidays with, even if it's just your pet or us, us <laughs> or whatever you know. What, however, you choose to do the holidays or not at all. Uh, I hope you have a wonderful time and end of the year. Good thinking. Uh, and and thanks for thanks for choosing to listen to us in whatever moment you found. <laughs> uh, reach out to us. And you can do that on Twitter or Facebook.com slash DrunkenUX or on Instagram. Well, that would be a weird place to reach out to us, but check us out anyway. Yeah, there's, slash DrunkenUX podcast. There's DMs
0: there. That's fine.
1: Yeah. Uh, or on um, on the Slacks at uh, DrunkenUX.com slash Slack to sign up. Um, and we, have, we have a YouTube channel. I don't know what the URL is for that. Uh, what is it
0: slash user slash drunken ux i think i think you can actually go to yeah. the slash drunken ux and it'll get you there but yeah if you prefer uh queuing up stuff on youtube we do post real-time overview does not go up there but uh build process and drunken ux do both go up there yeah folks 2018 great year thanks for sticking with us yeah. season two will start in january uh, we have stuff lined up we've got some guests planned we've got some books planned we've got some topics planned my god we are thinking so far ahead it would make your head spin <laughs> I'll let you decide I'm if that's true or it. not but <laughs> folks uh, I guess the only thing I have left to say is it's the end of 2018 and I hope that you have kept your personas close and your users closer happy new year <laughs>